The following podcast contains opinions from paid professionals. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is not advice. Gambling is not a financial strategy. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hello and welcome to Horse Racing 101. It's time for a bonus episode. It's the Tab Wave. And of course, Horse Racing 101 is a podcast designed to help recreational punters improve. I'm Paul Joyce and I'm welcoming in the one and only Kian Dickens. Happy New Year. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Happy New Year to yourself. Any resolutions? Uh, my resolutions, I don't, not big on resolutions. I think mm. from a, a personal viewpoint, they're very boring. Don't put pressure on yourself no, early, eh? Hey? No, they're just boring. <laughs> you fail one year, you don't want to fail it another year. But uh, no, probably just, you know, I suppose as a dad, be a good dad, be a good husband, try and stay healthy and look after the kids best you can. From a punting viewpoint, uh, interesting last year. I had a great first six months, disappointing second six months. So I suppose just keep working to improve on that side of things, on the tipping and the punting. Uh, but you're always working on that when you're in the racing game, every punter would know that. And mm. um, I think the best way to get better is to self-analyse and find out where you perhaps have been going wrong or making some errors and try and fix that up. But I think for me, I'm pretty happy with the overall areas I was at last year. Like you do have that variance. You have your good runs, your bad runs, you get yeah. beaten in photos, you get the odd bad rider, you get the odd bit of bad luck. You just got to deal with it. I think um, probably for me, it's not the pro, it's trust the process and just make sure that mentally you're in a really good spot because I think sometimes you have a lot of distractions going on and you probably don't just focus as clearly as what you'd like to do mm. um, so probably this year just concentrate on on that area particularly in the first six months because I don't want to get behind and uh, last year was still a good year but uh, the first six months were unbelievably well, you, good. You ticked off one of my resolutions I want to tip a 101 pop this year Yes. and I want to tip the card Okay so 101 pop so on the card close, didn't do it yeah, you did. You yeah, went very close last close year, enough. and uh, we're actually going to get into that shortly uh, about how close you even came to tipping nearly 101 pop mm. on the first day yeah. of 2024. Good areas, but just not good enough, Joycey. Oh, so what we're going to do in this episode, Cal, is a bonus episode. It won't be as long as the first four we've done. I suppose, first of all, we need to thank everyone that has tuned in yeah. and watched those first four episodes. Uh, obviously, the response has been fantastic. We're really happy for that. And if People have learnt something from it and taken that into their own punting into 2024. I mean, that's what Job the whole done. show was about, right? Yeah. So thank you, everyone. The feedback's been great and we really appreciate it. And we're going to touch on some of that feedback in today's show. But first of all, obviously, what we're going to do on this show is have a look at the two-year-old Magic Million Classic mm -hmm. as it stands. We're not too far away from that. Uh, that's the biggest race in Queensland coming up yeah. early in 2024. We've got the Tab Wave coming up really soon. Uh, obviously, by the time you watch this, it's going to be almost time to jump. So hopefully you get this before it comes out. And you can have a quick look at the Tab Wave on Saturday. Uh, but first of all, we are are going to have a look at uh, well we're going to talk about your news resolution we were touched on but one of the things we're going to talk about is is you sticking to your guns this mm. year Kian because uh, we did go to the races on New Year's Day out at Toowoomba for King of the Mountain and uh, you came pretty close yeah. to tipping one at big odds you certainly gave it a good push in the yard a horse called New Joy yeah um, just one of those things you feel sick after the fact don't you you know you think but it's funny yarn about this race Remember, I'd, ac I'd accidentally scratched it in, the, um, in in not the overall numbers, but just in the uh, quick run sheets. So when I was doing my first four the morning of, I was sort of hit and miss with it. But um, yeah, I think um, sticking to your guns, that horse in particular, 
it's 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 a proven formula you can follow. It was an astute stable at their home track, Michael Nolan. It was spec'd at big odds, um, resuming off of a nice trial. It was too short because it couldn't tack on and it got got going late. So it profiled really nicely to be an improver and all it needed to do was really be put into the race. Bubba Tilly did that and he was able to stick on and win and it was probably overs uh, in hindsight. Definitely overs. <laughs> I think it was $61. So it was certainly overs and... Yeah, even though you didn't find it officially, uh, you gave it half a push in the yard and, you know, did you have anything on it? Suppose not. Um, but obviously the other thing we like to talk about with punters on this show in particular is not to be deterred by odds. Mm. Uh, some people out there say when they're big odds, they just can't win. And that's yeah. not the case. They can win. Uh, of course, you don't have to put as much on them. But, uh, yeah, the the market isn't always right is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and, in fact, what we've been trying to do through the first four episodes is show you how by looking at the market and finding where there might be an error in the market mm-hmm. is where it actually gives you an edge as a punter. So in that case, the market was wrong for sure. It shouldn't have been $61. Oh, yeah. And overcame a fairly tough run and still managed to win. Yeah, it did, yeah. And, and of course, it was, uh, as I said, it, spec'd, it SP'd $31 first up but, but backed um, from a higher price. But met probably an easier race second up and it got the extra ground so that's when you know you're getting um, you know you're you're beating the market essentially absolutely count it wasn't all bad news though for you because uh, come the last race of the day king of the mountain day of course you mm. did happen to put decarbonize on top and uh, even though it had a bit of a market drift again the market's not always right and mm. decarbonize saluted at around 21 dollars. i think sp might have paid 26 yeah. across 26 the yeah but it, but it opened i think it just sat at about 16 dollars yeah um, and it was one of those very, like I said, they're tough quaddy legs. It was a zero to 58. It was over 1625. And there was just a sense of timing with it because it's, it, they'd followed a, the exact same pattern as they did when it broke its maiden. They kicked off at a, at a, um, 1500 meters, which is a, a big climb for a horse first up. So whilst it might've been quite plain on face value, you had to go 1500 first up. So I thought there was merit to the run and 1600 second up, you knew it was going to be nice and fit and what was even better, it got this beautiful drag into the race. Uh, there was a bit of a tearaway leader, so I thought I was barking up the wrong tree maybe when the rain didn't come, but again, that, that drag into the race from a horse going nine to the furlong definitely assisted. Not a bad start. He's at $26 winner now. Uh, interestingly, I'm going to have to ask you this. Did you have anything on it? No. Okay, so <laughs> if you watched... The first, because this is where we're getting. If you watch the first four episodes, we had a chat, I think in episode three or four, where we really sat down and discussed how you could improve your punning in 2024. I can't stop thinking and about it. We came up with a really simple idea, yeah. which I told you to follow. And I just had this inkling that you would completely ignore it because you tend to it's ignore just, a lot of things. It was the I'd time say. of year. Chris, I was on the back end of Christmas. Yeah, no, it's, So it's, I wasn't really punting. No, um, it's, a very, it's a very busy time, Kian. And, People are busy Albeit, that advice, yeah, um, it was bankroll management and so <laughs> how much I was going to bet with and yes. recording my bets. Yeah. And now I know where my strengths lie because yes. whilst I might have known them in the background, I, I know them in the forefront now and, and um, yeah, I'm just going to hone in best bets values. Yes, and, uh, and can I tell you what I did? <laughs> did you no, pack it? I've started your own spreadsheet. I'm <laughs> doing what I told you to do, which I knew you wouldn't do. So <laughs> the good news is... How am I going? You're in front. You're well in front. So uh, you had two you had two best bets and one mm. value bet, right? Mm. So I told you how to handle it as well. It was going to be put, I think it was put 1% on for the win on your best bets and half a percent for your yeah. value bets. But then I thought, you know what? You're going that well last year. You really were flying. So I thought I'm going to actually put 2% on your best bets and 1% on your uh, on your value bets. So you've had <sighs> you've had two losing bets there on, on Monday, at mm-hmm. New Year's Day we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But then to carbonize, obviously through you straight in front so I th- I'll send you the spreadsheet but you're up yeah. um, you're up 
around 15% after one day. So that's a good start. How good. Really good start. Considering most pros are happy to win 1% over a year, you know, 15% in one day. So sit back, relax, and we'll see We'll see how Kian goes over 12 months. But uh, it's funny enough, you... I'm glad you're doing it because the mind's all just in my head and I can't really no, order. Well, you were going you were going to use a notebook, I think you said, but yeah. I don't think that's ever going to eventuate. <laughs> no either, one so. got me one for Christmas. So I've got my spreadsheet set up for the year. I've got your spreadsheet set up for the year. This is good. We'll see how they go. Hmm. All right, Cal, we're going to have a look at some customer feedback now from those first four shows. Most of it has been very positive, which <laughs> we really do appreciate it. <laughs> Some questions, genuine, which is great. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, you get the odd narc, but you're going to get that anyway, particularly on social media. Oh, my God. But uh, there haven't been too many of them. So I think nah. that's actually a really good sign. And, yeah. and, the, and the numbers that we've been seeing come through have been really strong. So, yeah. once again, thank you to everyone for, for sticking with us and tuning in and um, trying to learn a little bit more to improve your punting. Now, this is a question we've got asked, and you're going to ask it. This is via Twitter. It was from James Brett Adams. And it said, uh, mentions mention, mention, when we were mentioning no scratchings without a vet certificate, with no certificate, you're unable to nominate for 21 days. The only exception is a dual acceptor, uh, but it must start in other races. There is also an exception for severe track downgrades. Is this enough deterrence or could be done? This is when we were talking about... Too many scratchings. Too many scratchings. Yeah, and that's still a problem. I mean, we had that mm. race. I think there were 13 runners at three started at yeah. the Sunshine Coast yeah, and, and it was the last leg of a quaddy. So yeah. obviously it's, it's a massive problem, I think, particularly in encouraging people to bet early uh, just because those deductions are going to absolutely hammer you. If you bet early in a 13-horse field at three I start... That. I think I stood you know, out. No, just, I could not. You couldn't. just can't. You can't. Sorry so, not. So that's, that's a great solution, I think. Uh, obviously, uh, at the moment, uh, in Hong Kong, they do something very similar to that. Yeah. You know, you're not really allowed to scratch unless you have a vet certificate. Uh, and if you do, then you're not allowed to race for so many days. And uh, that stops those sort of... I hate to say a fake vet certificate because most vets would never do that, but it, it's, it's, that's designed to make sure they're genuine um, reasons for scratching a horse, like, right? Like the doctor's certificates. Yeah, like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> if you need a day off work, you know. Um, but we, we, it's again, you don't want to, <clears throat> whilst it's, you, you're trying to fix a problem, sometimes it, it may create another um, because we don't want to decrease field sizes again if, if these horses are not able to run for 21 days now. That's right. And Particularly other, if, if, if bug lugs is... is you know, well, they can have it late to getting a vet that's certificate. Right. Yeah, and they can have a very minor problem one day and be right to go three days later. Correct. You I mean, see that all the time. Yeah, you gen or, or, or a minor. You get a horse. Thinking everything is. You get, a you get a temperature on a Saturday and you're right to go again by the Tuesday. 100%. So things like that can happen. And obviously in Australia too, compared to Hong Kong, we have so many options. Yeah. You know, you can nom Friday nights, Saturday at the provincials, Sunday at the provincials, and then see where you draw, and then pick the best race. And I think from an owner's point of view, that's fine. And you spot a week race in town, maybe that's we'll right. go there. Exactly. And that's what people do. They mm. accept in four races over four days and then yeah. pick the easiest. The problem is you're scratched out of the three other races. And if a lot of people start doing that, you, that's what's happening at the moment. We're just yeah. getting way too many scratchings because there are too many options. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't think we can limit the options. Um, probably the only other thing we could do would be to increase the fees for scratching, like make it exorbitant could enough deter. that yep. people actually think about it, whereas at the moment it's obviously not enough. Yep. So have people are happy to scratch out of three races to run in one? Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's a way around it. Obviously owners are going to scream at that suggestion because they're already footing the bill. And I agree, as I said, I'm an owner and I'm a punter. Yeah, so we're I sitting can, on the fence here. I can wear both hats. Mm. And as a... As an owner, I wouldn't want that to happen. I wouldn't want to pay more for my horses to be scratched because some of the trainers I use dead set are the worst at this. They, they will accept in four races and scratch in three. But from a punting viewpoint, I think it is something you could seriously look at because... Yeah. It's definitely a, a problem. Both both fund the industry, mm -hmm. punters and owners. 
you could argue all day who funds it more, but I can guarantee you one thing, without punters there is no industry, without owners there are still ways around it. So for me, punters always trump everyone. So I'd yeah. be looking after the punters first, but good suggestion. And um, yeah, we had a few suggestions here as to how, how we can improve uh, too many scratchings and that mm. was a really good one. Yeah, it certainly was. So thanks for that, James. Uh, there was another one. Um, There's a lot of comments actually about the uh, percentage in relation to the dice and cards. So, so <clears throat> I think let's go QOP where you see your market percentage down the bottom and we'll see it trend so it'll sit at 100% and then close to jump, it's 130 or 120. So can you explain yeah. that? <laughs> Is that wrong? I know what you're trying to say. So you did a good job at trying to say it. Um, so first of all, let's have a look at the, the dice game because that and the dice and the coin, right? Because obviously people, are, we're understanding what we're trying to do. We're trying to show you what probability equals as far as a percentage. Yeah. And that percentage can equate to a price. And that was a really simple step to get there. Yes. Um, so 50% is $2 and 16.6% is $6, right? Six, so we, six sides on the Exactly. Dice. So we showed you that and then someone said, but, but hang on, that's a 100% market. You never actually get that in the real yeah. world. And you don't get that in the real world. Obviously the tab, fixed odds operators, they are putting out a market where they make money. And they need to do that to survive. They can't put out a market where they lose money and they can't put out a market that's dead even at 100% because they've got costs mm. um, and they've got to at least cover those costs if they're, if they're a business. So the next part of that question is, yes, most markets are above 100% that you bet into and the QAP that we look at, it will give you a straight column of all the horses' prices and then they fluctuate as mm. they get so near jump time. So you've got to that trend so you and can quickly that, sort of exactly. take your eyes to what they're backing. Yeah, so what that number at the bottom, we had so many people ask us this. There's Don't they? When they come and sit on, sit on our set. There's a number at the bottom and it is basically your market percentage. And generally it will start around 130% mm. and it will gradually get smaller. It should get smaller closer to jump Oh time. yeah, I got it back to yeah, front. Yeah, so you got it back to front. But it's it'll start at 130% and maybe get down to 120. Mm. And, and, you know, on really big markets or big races, it can get down to maybe 110, 112. And I have seen it down as low as, say, 103 um, various times if you have a really small field and there's a bit of fluctuating prices and that sort of thing. But generally, 130 kickoff point down to maybe 120. Yeah. And that's important because you're actually betting into a market that the odds are already stacked against you. And all that number means is quite simply is just an, an addition of all those horses' prices as a percentage. So I said, if a horse is $2, that's 50%. If it's $4, it's 25%. So you just add them up. Ding, 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 pennies. Yeah, that gets you <laughs> that gets you to 130%. But that's what it is. But what does it actually mean? Yeah. What it actually means is that if you wanted to back every single horse in a race and, and, you, wanted, and... and you wanted to collect $100, mm -hmm. you'd have to outlay 130 if yep. the market was 130%, which means you're losing $30 every time you're on that race just to break even. Yep. So the bookmaker's taking $30. The tab's taking $30 every time. So that's what it means. So if it's 130%, you've got about 130 bucks to get back 100. If it's 115%, percent you got about $115 to get back 100. And that's just spreading your money over every single horse. Yeah. So obviously you'd put most on the favourite, a tiny bit on the roughy, and you'd be collecting $100. But so a lot of people do that in the Melbourne Cup, don't they? You're small, recreational punters. They try to, yeah. yeah. I mean, they'll try and back every single horse in the race, yeah. just so they say they back the winner. Yeah, and like... <laughs> and, and it's fine, but yeah. you're guaranteed to lose a certain amount. Yeah. That's all it means. Yeah, that's a, yeah I, I like that example. Yeah. So if you play the poker machines, it's the same thing. You know, if you go put some money in the pokies, eventually, over time, it's going to cost you $130 to get back 100 <laughs> That's just what it means. I don't play the pokies, but when you hear those features, yeah. you know... Yeah, I know. Is the that ding, it? Ding, That's ding. a clown one? Yeah. 
There's plenty you of features. It. I'm not going to do the noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't it. played the pogies for that long. I wouldn't know what the noise is. But, it um, goes, eh, eh, eh. How's it go? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure that's the clown one. I don't know what it's called. I only know Queen of the Nile because my mum and grandma used to love it. Yeah, Queen of the Nile. Yeah. yeah. That was their go-to machine. The pyramids? Yeah, my, and it'd go, yeah, it'd go, yeah. it was like a dong. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. We got off track a bit there, but we're, we're, it still fits into the line of percentages correct and market percentages so that's market percentages explained and that's customer feedback so once again any questions fire them through on the socials and we will look to answer them yeah. in future episodes for sure Keanu. all right we're going to get on now to let's get topical and uh, we're going to talk about Rothfire because <laughs> Rothfire took out the king of the mountain on new year's day up there at toowoomba carried 60 kilos drew the outside gate was a mm. short priced favorite but he got the job done yeah he did it was a good ride from ben thompson too i think he Oh, on our maps too. I had him a little bit further back, um, but it just played into his hand so so easy. So he, you'd be silly to sort of uh, take hold off of that. And he was just that little bit too classy, wasn't he? I love how Ben sort of, he wasn't too aggressive on him. He just let him do what he had to do. And uh, he's just that little bit too good. But there was a few in the wash-up that were finishing really nicely to the line. Absolutely. And he's now off to the Magic Millions Cutis Open on yeah. Magic Millions Day. I think he'll get 61 kilos. That's the maximum weight they can get. And he'll mm -hmm. probably be the highest rated horse. Uh, the same race buffering one in 2016. So what we're going to quickly touch on today, Kian, is can Rothfire win another Group 1? And if he does so, and if he doesn't, like just the remarkable story of Rothfire yeah. coming back to the races and, and being as competitive and good as he still is. Yeah, with Robert Heathcote too, so lucky he had buffering, and then I think it was it was he came from he's the thriller from Chinchilla. He was bred by Gleason Thoroughbreds, and I'm pretty sure the yarn is that Simon rang Rob and said, "Hey, got this horse. He wasn't even like a viable prospect for sale. It was I think eleven thousand. He said, "Do you want to take him? Um, I think there was a scam." So like Rob paid for him twice, but still not that expensive. When you think he's, he won, he ticked over three million dollars when he took out uh, the Morton Co King of the Mountain. So um, it, the story behind him, he he won his first five races, and he was lightning. He was exciting, um, and he was really good for Queensland racing too. I'm pretty sure he's a Rothsay. Obviously, it's in the name. Um, and yeah, he fractured his uh, sesamoid. Um, which is like a weight-bearing support now, for horses. That was either in the Golden Rose or the lead-up to the Golden I think Rose, wasn't it? Yes. At Rose Hill, I was there the day. Oh, it I don't know if it was in it. It, it was, was, it was it during was the, the race. It was in the Golden Rose. Yeah, it was in the Correct. it was in the Golden Rose. I think Jim Byrne was on. Yeah. And had the race shot to bits. Yes. Had the Golden Rose in the bag yeah. and actually did the injury during the race. Yeah. And was obviously, you know, of course, caught late. Yeah. Um, and 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 as you said, was it a fractured sesamoid, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. which is located near the fetlock. Um, which is, yeah, like it's for weight-bearing support. And he actually fractured it. So he had to have surgery to remove like mm. some fragment of bone. So like, and I said this on Twitter the other day, off the back of the um, Morton Co King of the Mountain, but not only to get horses that need to weight bear back from those injuries, but then to compete at the top level. Like he's just a really good horse. He is. So I suppose we're talking, uh, let's get topical. I mean, it's... Theoretical, can he win another Group One? Obviously, he's not in a Group One come Magic Millions Day. Hundred percent, he can. Of course, he can. He nearly he in did, the right race. Not, sorry, he didn't nearly, but he, he was beaten what one point something in the Stradbrogue yeah. last year. And I mean, look at the horses. Second to think about it, second yeah, to Imperatries. Yeah. You know, they're they're two Group One. They're probably the two best Group One yeah. winners in Australia, and he's run second to both of them. Yeah. So as long as they're not in the race, I he probably can win a Group One. I think probably. It, and it was the same before he won the King of the Mountain. A lot of people said, well, he's not going to handle the hill. However, um, you know, he's run a solid – he's won over 1,400 before, so it wasn't necessarily the end or be – what is it? Be all, here I go again. Be all yeah. and end all. That's it. Um, however, 
I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's not, not unusual. Well, be oh, all, oh yeah. this is what I was going to say. They may say that, um, okay, obviously it was a restricted race. It was a slot race, Queensland bred and trained horses. And it's not like he put like 10 lengths on them. But he only does what he has to. And Ben just let him do that too. Ben wasn't really aggressive on him. When you see the horses, you know, sort of pulling ground off him late, they're under really heavy riding, things like that. Whereas this fellow was just sort of cruising around. And I went down for the presentations and he just came through the run so well. Yeah, look, I agree with you. And I think uh, off that run, would he win another group one? You'd probably, the ratings will say no. Yeah. Off that run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But have a look prior to that. Have yeah. a look at the sort of horse that he is. And, you know, it wouldn't matter who he races against. He, yeah. He's just a real competitor. He is. Uh, so put him against the best horses in Australia. He'll be fighting it out the final few strides. Yeah. And I think the race you said he got beaten at Stradbroke, he drew the outside gate that yeah. day and had to rip across the face of the field and still got caught late. Yeah, he, uh, so he's he just, definitely burnt He's the just handle. a competitor. He's a fighter. And obviously, you know, he's probably never going to be at 100% again. Yeah, yeah. But Rob gets him so close. Yeah. And obviously gets him fit. So, I mean... I'm not going to say he's not going to win one. No. And he, he won the JJ. Who wants to? He's done it before, but of course that was prior to injury, yeah. injury, but yeah. And who wants to be a horse racing Grinch anyway? Oh, not us. Not us. We're positive people. Jeepers. Speaking of New Year's Day racing at Toowoomba, Kian, interestingly, we saw a first starter, a four-year-old in race one, backed off the map called 10 Trinity Square. And not only did he win, he's a very exciting horse. He is your horse to follow definitely out of that meeting and... I think he's pretty exciting. Um, but the big thing with this horse was, because we didn't see any barrier trials with this guy. He was a four-year-old having his first start by I Am Invincible, and he came into the yard, and he was just, he was a unit. He was a big, heavy, thick-set horse. And uh, I think it just brought up the discussion between us with, um, you know, not skipping your two-year-old and three-year-old um, racing and kicking them off at that older point for various different reasons. Um and, and the good thing about our industry is horse trainers do so well not to overtax our babies um, with racing. But this guy kicked off as, as a four-year-old, and I think it's just the perfect kickoff point for him because development-wise, he would have done a lot of growing sort of from a yearling to where he got to now. And it was a good win. It he was, it he was, was, couldn't muster speed. He got checked. He was climbing a hill at the same time. He, Jimmy Orn had a lap full of horse, and he managed to put up a margin of what four point three. Yeah, it was and, a it was a proper. He was on, he was on the wrong lead the it whole way. It was a proper win, and we did discuss sectionals and and how we use them yeah. in one of our earlier episodes. And I went and had a quick squeeze at the sectionals for that mm -hmm. horse, just because to our eye, we both went home and thought, you know what, nice we just horse. we just saw a genuine real deal yeah, race horse yeah. come out of a maiden at Toowoomba. Yeah. Uh, and when I look at the sectionals, his final two hundred was ten point nine two, which is electric anyway, but. We also touched on using sectionals, how we both like to use them. And I yeah. really love to compare them at the same meeting. Yep. Right. I don't like comparing them from one meeting to the next because conditions can be so different. The track Variables. can be so different. Crazy. And the conditions out there on New Year's Day yeah. were very unique. Uh, they had a ripping southerly and it was like it would have affected horses during the day for sure. Blow a dog off the chain. It would blow a dog <laughs> off. It nearly, nearly blew me off the chain. But 10.92 for the final 200 was half a second faster than any other horse went all day. For the final 200. Really? And that includes Rothfire and King of the Mountains, horses chasing Rothfire. Yeah. No one got near 10.92. I think 11.4 would have been the next fastest final 200 split. So you're talking a maiden going three lengths to four lengths faster than the rest of the day over 200 Gee, that's metres. That's exciting to hear. And he was under a throttle hole. Yeah. For and the then, last 75. And then you're going for your variances. So uh, um, variables with that too. Okay. So he, he did have that faster split. Okay, not pouring cold water on things, but keeping level-headed. It was the first race of the day. There was no pad worn into that track. But he was dead set on the wrong leg, so that could mm. have been even quicker. 
and it was and he was and he was eased down so he could have gone he was, faster he was so he, he could he could have gone quicker and i think the other thing is as we we're touching on as far as starting off as a four-year-old for an i'm invincible in particular yeah you've probably ridden a lot of them too like they can mentally do, physically sometimes they're, they're yeah they're, they're so, really quirky horses i was going to say scatty but quirky is probably a better yeah. word and they are they're very sort of spooked as young horses they take a long time to I don't know if they're like I, sometimes mentally horses, mature like yeah. physically physically that they, they the reason that everyone loves them because they're so they walk into the sales <laughs> yeah. yards and you just want to spend a million dollars on them yeah but mentally a lot of them take a while to get there yeah and this fella probably had a range of issues why he couldn't get to the races until he has and i hope he goes on i was hearing here. there was a niggle with the sesame yeah. too and obviously being such a thick heavy set horse mm. you just can't push on when you've got niggles like that they have to go to the paddock Exactly. So it's another, let's get topical, we can speak about another day. And another one you can talk about over drinks is two-year-old racing and how does it affect the longevity mm. of horses. And there's different theories again. So yeah. sometimes early exposure uh, to exercise can, can benefit horses. Um, with, I don't That's know right. the word, wording again, but uh, it helps the bone. Um, well, obviously bones are still got to fuse and stuff, but in the long long run, I think like the bones like thicker and stronger. I've just had a six-year-old come out of a cast, six-year-old child, not horse, um, who has spent ten weeks in a cast, and, and the doctors are telling me that that leg will probably never break. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that leg will be stronger now. It will be, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> that's different. That's a break and stuff, but young bone development. It is. And it's just, Australian racing is so focused on two-year-old racing. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do. And it's, it's an argument people always say or debate that people always say, should we do that? Shouldn't we focus on longevity of horses and getting more horses racing as they're older? And yeah. obviously it is what it is. We're not going to change it, you and I. Uh, it's something that people can discuss though, for sure. And it is worth noting at the moment that all our best horses are horses that started late yeah. And have been racing four, five, and six-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're dominating the Australian racing scene at the moment. And so it, and it's proof's the, in the pudding with them. It is. And it's in the trainers and, and owners' prerogative too, isn't it? Obviously, they're gonna, their hand will be forced by that horse to some degree as to where they are in their development. Every horse is different. Um, but you see, someone like David Van Dyke, he's great. He, he holds them back as long as he can. And, and they really springboard early into really successful Long careers. All right, Keon, that's uh, 10 Trinity Square, a horse that you yeah. want to keep an eye on Definitely going keep forward. an eye on that horse. All right, Keon, we are going to discuss the uh, Tab Wave. Mm -hmm. It is coming up, well, by the time people watch this, it'll literally be around the corner. Yeah. Uh, so the Tab Wave, first thing we've got to discuss, we're on the Gold Coast. Mm. We're on the brand new turf track, mm. and we're a week out from Magic Millions. I stood on it the other day, Joycey. It's That's very what nice. I was going to ask you. So, yeah, what did you think of it? Yes, and so we've had a lot of rain, and you're telling me the drainage is sensational, which is exciting. But to even like you know make that even better, when I was standing on it, the cush on it, you know, sometimes you think drainage, you're like, oh no, too firm, but. It was really nice underfoot. So the Gold Coast had 200 mils over New Year's sort of day, New Year's Eve night. Yeah. Uh, more rain than I've ever seen in my life. Uh, we're already up to a heavy eight. We're still four days away as we record mm. this. So I don't even think we need to look for absolute mudlarks here. I think this track could really bounce back under yeah. a few 30-degree days. And who knows? Yeah. Soft five, good four. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. So I don't think we need to go delving Especially into it. Especially they get the winds out at Toowoomba. Absolutely. It'll be good for now exactly. in 20 minutes. <laughs> That's right. So I'm not going to delve into the heavy, heavy, heavy track form. Not going to worry. But what we're going to discuss is literally this field has just hit the table, right? Correct. Within yep. 20 minutes ago. Yeah. So you and I have just got really fresh eyes on it. We've seen it's a wait for age race. Uh, we've seen the lineup. We've seen the field. And it's too early for us to start tipping horses. And I'm not going to tip a horse yeah. after 10 minutes of looking at the fields. You're, you're tipping too, aren't you? For, you'll be... I will be tipping track. Sky Thoroughbred Central on Saturday. Yeah. So I'll be working for the club. So what we're going to have a quick chat about, though, is just we've been discussing how we do our form. So 
Right, the waveforms just come out, Kian. Uh, what's your first step in doing your form? So it's a it's a weight for age race. So we're going to have a look at the horses' ratings. Yes. And we can decipher which horses are well weighted. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've got. Well, you can do that straight away, can't we? We've got three horses there that, under weight for age conditions, seem really well weighted. Mm -hmm. um, haven't got the I haven't even got the field in front of me at the moment, but we know. Nor do I. We the know. We know deal, But I'm going to get it right now. And uh, we've got the vowels, uh, particularly well weighted under weight for age conditions. Noah and deal, mm -hmm. really well weighted under weight for age conditions. And Zoe's promise coming up from Sydney for Chris Lee's. I love Noah and deal. Is really well weighted under. She these beat the conditions. older horses uh, last year carnival time. Uh, she did. Listed level, yeah. She beat the older horses. She was still. Uh, just a little baby. She was three, I think. So uh, what we've got, though, Keanu, is a field of 14 plus mm -hmm. one emergency. Uh, and obviously, as we just said, the vowels, Noah and deal, Zoe's promise, they're the ones that my attention's immediately drawn to. Yep. Uh, so when we talk about our process of doing the form and what I'll do to mm -hmm. do the form for this race, and I said, if you want my final tips, you're going to have to tune in to Sky Thoroughbred Central yeah. on Saturday because they'll be done there. And uh, I'll have all these horses rated and assessed according to, do a map. to my own prices. So that's first thing I'm going to do, print the form. Get my hands on it. You know, I love to scribble all over the form guide, yeah. right? Then <laughs> Big boisterous writing of yours. Then I'm going to do... Then I'm just going to... I know how this is going to go. Then I'm going to draw... I usually, my, like, walk up then I'm to gonna the draw. Printer. Then I'm going to draw my speed map. <laughs> so you, you, the floor is yours I because... I think what we can do... I think I've got a picture of your speed map and maybe we can um, show what your speed maps look like. Because we the content, what what have I always said? The con, like the the yeah. the content in your speed map is sensational. They're always bang on, but you can't see them. There's no good if you can't see them, Joycey. I was about to say I'll show the text message you sent me when I showed you my King of the Mountain speed, speed map because you sent me yours, King of the Mountain. Yeah, speed. and I was this a bit how, like I wanted to. This see is how yours. the story. Yeah, so this yeah. is how the story folded. Kian sends me her <laughs> King of the Mountain speed map. So Joycey, what do you think of this? So I've had a look at it. It's it's like a primary school teachers like perfect neat straight lines color coded yeah, color like coded. just the nicest prettiest speed map i think i've ever I seen i even had roth fire with some yeah. question marks you know what are the tactics exactly was, you know. it was like not sure it goes forward in one off the fence and I, I had a quick look at it and i'm like yep pretty much the same as mine working out where roth fire is going to get to so to give her a bit of confidence that, yeah that's right? what i wanted to know i'm like right oh look she sent me this really nice speed map she's put a bit of thought into this and she wants my feedback so I was busy because I was, <laughs> I was actually, I was on the way to the pub. So I was like, you know, when you get out from home and you're like, all right, you've got a couple hours at the pub. Just, just like, just like, like, like the guy, in like, like Usain, Usain Bolt couldn't beat me, right? Yeah. When I got out that door. But I'm like, you know what? So I'll throw this Sheila a bone. Took a quick photo, <laughs> sent, you, sent you my speed map. And the next 20 minutes, I just, I just copped it. Didn't I? It was just relentless. <laughs> I mean, and that, and what you said, you were trying to be nice here at the end. I mean, yeah, it's great speed map. I just couldn't see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you need you need a magnifying I got my telescope out. I had a look. I thought, well, that aligns with mine. So, I, and I was happy to move on then and, and leave Rothfire where I left him. And and, and moving along, it was all all, all what's it saying? All's I don't know. Well it's your it saying. Well. <laughs> all it is. And either way, look, we didn't get that map perfect. No. Uh, in the King of the Mountain, but it didn't matter because Rothfire still got the run we wanted him to get. Correct. Uh, and he ended up outside the lead in a 
fairly softish tempo. I mean, it was genuine, but it yeah. wasn't frantic. Yeah. And obviously on my map, I'm expecting a frantic tempo and your map expected a frantic tempo. Yeah. But a few of those roughies, I think they would have done the form and thought, you know what, if we try and match Rothfire, we're going to be a detriment to our own chances. Correct. We'll just take a sit and finish as high up the ladder as we can finish. And that's taking, again, into consideration when doing your speed maps. Just remember, just because a horse was able to lead maidens, they can't necessarily lead open handicap horses. It's different gravy. Exactly. Mm. And that's pretty much what happened there. So yeah. first step in doing the form for the tab wave is speed map. Mm. All right. We've already just touched on the track condition. That was going to be a big part of my form, but now it's not. I'm going to really wait until Friday afternoon now and get that uh, latest track update because mm -hmm. I think we could get close to a good form. Yeah, so okay. I'm, I'm not going to have to worry about heavy trackers just yet. Yeah. Uh, so the second thing I do then is obviously speed maps done. I've got my form. I now try and go through and develop my base ratings. Now, episode four covered all of this, mm -hmm. right? So you've got to go through... Every horse, look at their last three or four ratings, wherever you get your ratings from. We discussed there where you can get them from. You can get them for free off Racing Australia or Racing Queensland. They already have a rating for each horse. Yeah. And they're the ratings I just read out. Now, those three horses that are beautifully weighted in this race, they're off the Racing Australia ratings. Um, so then you can go through and, and you work out what their base rating is going to be, whether you use their last start, an average of their last three starts, an average of their last 10 starts. All these horses have done a lot of racing. Yeah. So this is a really data-driven race, yeah. I think. Whereas when we talk about the two-year-olds next week... So I'm like the melting emoji. I'm just you like, are. It's too much. But next week, we're <laughs> going to talk about the two-year-old race. Mm. And it's almost exact opposite because we don't have that much information. And that's going to be really interesting as to how we approach that differently to how we approach this race. And Joycey, 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 Joycey. Because we're over 1,800 metres and, and your weights are uh, considerably more important they are indeed. than per se if it was 1,000 metres. Exactly. So uh, that's the next step. Develop your base ratings. Takes a bit of work. I use my own. Obviously, people can buy them um, and work them out from there, but that'll be the next thing. Do your list of ratings, what you expect they're going to run. Mm -hmm. And then we do our additions and subtractions, which we also covered uh, on episode four. So we're going to have a look at your jockey. We're going to have a look at your distance. We're going to look at your barrier. Expected tempo. Is it going to suit? Is it not going to suit? Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a look at the horses, maybe their consistency, their their record in this class. There's so many things you can You can do 50 different things. You yeah. can do five. You can do two. You can do none. It's not going to make a massive difference at the end of the day, but I still like to go through and use probably eight or nine that yeah. seem to work best for me, uh, particularly for this race. So I'll go through and do them. And then obviously you have to look at their weight. That's has to be done. You can't not do weight. So that'll, <laughs> that'll affect their overall rating, how much weight they're carrying. And that'll give you their final figure, which is what we also covered in episode four. From their final figure, a couple of small steps, gives you the percentage chance of winning the race for each horse. Percentage chance for each horse gets converted to a price. And we have our assessed prices for the tab wave. So once we have our assessed prices, Kian, that'll just line them up with the tab market, which will obviously be out soon. It's not out at the moment, so we can't help you with that. But it will be uh, obviously come time to have a bet and uh, we'll be able to see where our assessed prices differ from the yeah. official tab market and bet the overs. That's bet the overs. basically how it works. And these are the great races for using ratings mm -hmm. and assessing your own markets. So as I said, episode four will take you through step by step that process. And uh, once you do it a few times, it becomes pretty second nature. And uh, any of that, it's not tricky maths. You know, it's just maths that you, once you do it a couple of times, it's it's pretty easy. Comes Even second you nature. Can do it. Even and I can do it. I can do it. And when we were talking about A market, rock could do it. When we were talking about market percentage <laughs> before too, uh, people said you set your market to 100%. Yeah. The equation we showed you, you multiply it by the end by 100 to give you that 100% market. If you want to do your market to 115, 120%, yeah. you just multiply it by that much. So it's actually, you can do it yourself really easy. Um, and that'll probably compare more apples to apples as far as real market, assessed market. Yeah. But by doing it to 100%, you're really just finding the absolute overs. 
Yep. So you, you're not giving yourself too many options then. You might only have one or two horses that are over and makes life easy, which I prefer. Decarbonise. Decarbonise. Great, <laughs> great value play, Keanu. We've already discussed it. Do you want to discuss it again? No, I'm just joking. You can't you can't just plug yourself forever. I know. But it was a good start to the year. All right, Keanu, time for one of the favourite parts of the show from the feedback we're getting, and that is, of course, a Keanism. You have your own little language, just <laughs> as racing does. And uh, this yeah. week, the Keanism, which you often text me, and I've sort of got a pretty good idea what it means, but I've never officially asked you what it means. Yeah. But it's one of your favourites. It's oofed. <laughs> And for those nice. that are wondering what oofed or how you, it's, they're always in capitals. Yeah. It's O-O-F-T, oofed. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm assuming because people love it when I guess and get it totally wrong, right? But this time I'm you assuming. nailed frothing. I think this is just like a celebration like. Yeah. You beauty. It is. And let's keep it current. I'll tell you what, we were like doing, when we're watching that 10 Trinity Square because the horse copped the check and like I was like, Toys are the cot. I love how things happen within like a minute too. Toys are out of the cot. I was kicking stones. Next minute, this thing's like just looking for a run and it, and it just bursts through the ruck and we're just like, oofed, like nice horse. Blue eye signs with West Tigers. Oofed. Is, is that an oofed? Oh, that's an oofed. Five-year right. deal. Right. So, so I might oof. text that to my dad later. So oofed means... It's just great, fantastic. Yeah, like a celebratory. Yeah, is that the word? Yeah, celebratory, celebratory word. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's all for this week. So that's. I don't the... even know if it's a word. It's like a sound. Well, that's that's a Keanism. Yeah. That's oofed. O O F T in capitals. Sometimes you can say like oos. Well, people can just well, so people know they can start texting. You can it actually to, make your own up. Text it to your friends when something really good happens. Yeah. Yeah. Oofed, yep. and you're it's excited. Very positive. Yeah, it is very positive. So if you something good happens, your team wins. You, you back did a winner, really good job because it's hard to say unless you're saying it organically, like unless something's actually happening. Oofed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. That was good. Don't All ever right. do that again. All right, Cal, we're nearly finished for the bonus episode. The Tab Wave, of course, coming up on Saturday at the Gold Coast. But the week after that, we have the two-year-old Magic Million Classic, and it is the big granddaddy of this carnival Grand in January. And uh, the markets are there, courtesy of Tab. So we're going to have a quick look at those now. And of course, we're still a week and a half away as we record this. So a bit of action still to unfold. In particular, that will be on Saturday at the Gold Coast with a couple of these major contenders going around. But Storm Boy, I would expect, is still going to be the raging favourite, yeah. all being well, uh, obviously. Yeah, very good win. Seems to be everything you Seen want in a two-year-old. St- I've seen Storm the Boy. Duncan? Yeah. That would have been maybe before you were born, that movie. We watched it in school. We had to do like a whole thing. It was like 1976 movie, but we had <laughs> to. Say, yeah. He had his little pelican. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he's named after that, this horse. Well, it's a good question. We'll have to find that one out. Uh, so Storm Boy's going to be our favourite, mm. all being well, I would mm. expect. Uh, good got win, good win. Uh, Parker was good last week for Godolphin. Uh, Highness goes into the race off the Wyong Magic Millions it's win. like $26 into $6. It knocked yeah. over Spywire in that race. Yeah. Spywire goes around this weekend. Um, so we'll get a better guy to where he's at. Looks like he's in a race he can win. Uh, any roughies at this stage for you? Or I think it... it's one of those years, you know. we Is there something going to burst through the, the ruck late, you know? For me, well, I'm really fence-sitting at okay. the moment. The only roughie I found, and I saw this filly win at the Gold Coast, called Territory Ash. Yes. For Liam Birchley, and she was super impressive. Beat, uh, 
a horse that's now a lot shorter in the market. Um, a horse that Chris Munster's called Poster Girl. Poster Girl, that's right. Uh, and she beat her fair and square. So I think she's overs, but she is down to run on Saturday. So obviously that can change yeah. um, as we head close to the race. But what we will do with that two-year-old classic is we've got another bonus episode scheduled for next week, which will drop leading into two-year-old classic day. So yeah. make sure you stick around for that because we'll go through that horse by horse mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to have a look at how we do the form differently for the two-year-old racing compared to how we would have just approached it for the tab wave. Obviously, there's a lot less data. You've only had one or two starts for most horses. Yeah. And it's an area I know that is really one of your strengths. So we're going to tap into that brain of yours next week and see if we can find the Magic Millions winner. Right, account. Bonus episode done. Thanks for joining me. As I said, we'll be back next week to look at the two-year-old classic Magic Millions. Should be a big day tab wave race day, of course, yeah. on Saturday. Fine weather expected down on the Gold Coast. Finally, can't wait to get out there. And uh, we'll both be there for STC on Saturday. Thanks, Catch Catch you. Catch it. Catch it. <laughs> oh, that'll do. <laughs> you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.